With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back. Oh, man, this feels great, doesn't it? Good morning. Welcome back to the Nathan Ivey Show. Your morning destination for interesting conversation. And we'll talk about everything this morning, folks. Welcome back to the program. Today is your Tuesday, July 5th, 2016. It's the day after Independence Day. How independent do you feel? Are you independent For all my independent people that are you independent, what the hell does that mean? Are you dealing with debt slavery? Debt slavery? I mean, if you're a debt slave, are you really independent? How independent are you really? Good morning. Welcome back. This is the Nathan Ivey Show. I'm still here. Uh, Yeah, I'm still doing this radio thing, but now I'm online. Shout out to the good folks at Superlative Media, my good friends over there. They do great work. And good morning to the Chop Shop. Good morning to you. Welcome back. Oh, man, it's tough sometimes to go back to work after that long three-day weekend. Damn holiday on the last day. But I'm glad you're here. Good morning. Welcome back. I want to talk about a lot of things that may or may not be discussed throughout the rest of the day. I don't know what these other cats are doing. I don't know. I'm I'm not checking for them. I have no idea. It's a beautiful way to start July. Beautiful way. Shout out to all the people who made it through the weekend without injuring yourself or somebody else with fireworks. Shout out to you. At about 10.30 last night, I wake up, I just hear explosions, explosions. And people all over, I mean, I'm hearing it from all angles, okay? I'm hearing fireworks exploding. I look outside and some Gilligan is blasting off fireworks. He's like, I don't know, this man is like, he couldn't have been any more than about 10 feet from my car. And I know what you're thinking. 10 feet, that's a long way, Nate. 10 feet. That's right. The last thing I need you to do is damage my vehicle, man. 
uh, like I've been telling the wifey, we need that vehicle to be pristine. Resale value. Uh, the last thing I need to do is to have a huge dinner on the side because somebody's playing with fireworks. So I go onto the porch to see what's actually going on. And, and would you believe it? There's a grown-ass man out there. A grown-ass black man at that. Late 30s, 40s, 50s. Okay, I'm not that good with ages. Somewhere around there. Good morning to you. Welcome back. I'm telling you a story from over the weekend. My name is Nathan Ivey. And good morning to you. You made it. You made it. Not everybody's here yet, so we got plenty of seats for you inside the chop shop. 7.08 a.m. Broadcasting live from the city of Cincinnati, my birth. A home on the city of my birth. But anyway, so this grown-ass man. And it's always like some grown. Who are these overgrown children? Wake your ass up, man. Get a vice out here playing with fireworks. And I mean, I don't know what this man is like kids and they're dancing around them because like anybody with fireworks is like the Pied Piper to kids. Kids are just drawn to it. Well, I see the pretty colors of colors. My daughter's mad at me. She's mad at me. Because, and again, I'm trying to get some slumber in. I got to rock the microphone. Will people respect my J-O-B, please? This damn household. So my daughter, she comes to me about 9.30 like, Daddy, you hear all of that? Yeah. Can I go outside with my fireworks? Now, listen, I'm damn near dead to the world. The wifey's, uh, you know, she's turning to look to the junior. They're upstairs. I told her no. And I was concerned about her safety. I didn't want her to be out there without me being out there. And, you know, she's doing a little firework thing. And, you know, something stupid happens. You never know. You never know these days. Now, I guess that's bad, bad. I guess I was a bad dad. Bad daddy. I should have I gotten up and stopped what I was doing, my slumber, and went outside. But I didn't. Okay? So she's mad at me now. But then after I saw this dude launching all of these, and it's like, what the fuck? It's like, who? Pardon me. It's like, what the hell? This dude... It, it, where where do you get that many fireworks? I mean, this guy was just pulling it. It was like a magician's bag with a bottomless pit. And he's just pulling out fireworks. He's got this big, goofy-ass grin on his face. What the hell is going on? Grown man. He said, you ain't got no women in your life? I mean, go get yourself a girlfriend or something like that. Oh, you got one? Get your two then. You got too much time on your hands. And the kids are just dancing around. I mean, it was like something from like, it was like an ancient ritual. They're like dancing around this dude, chanting. I kid you not, I swear to God, I'm not exaggerating. Because I hate when people do that. I am not exaggerating. This dude was lighting stuff up for at least 45 minutes. At least. Lighting it up. Blah, blah. It's all I hear. It's like 10 I'm like, damn, people have to work, man. So I go outside, I'm on the porch, and I'm really just trying to get a good look. I couldn't get a good look of it. So I went off the porch, and I walked down to the lawn to get a really good look. I'm like, is this a grown man? I just couldn't believe that. And I guess they saw me. I guess he saw me. I, we never spoke. I didn't say a word to him. I guess he saw me. And several minutes later, I see him looking over, you know, toward the porch, nervously. He's like, okay, that's it. 
and he packed it all up and he rolled out. Maybe he was done. That's a, how much do fireworks cost? That's number one. You got that kind of bread, man? The fireworks, it was ridiculous. Uh, of course, I have stories of people who maimed themselves. People doing experiments at Central Park in New York. One man lost his leg. I have no sympathy for you at all. Zero. And so what? You're getting exactly what you deserve. Okay? Damn fireworks, man. Unless you're getting paid to do fireworks, you shouldn't be doing fireworks. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. And, I mean, this dude is in the middle of the damn street, y'all. He's in the middle of my street. And he's firing off fireworks. (laughs) Right? Kids are dancing around, and I kid you not. And it was just something about the patterns of the wind last night. It, It really wasn't that windy last night at all. So there was a huge plumes of smoke. They were just like, just like going down the street. I mean, huge amounts of, I mean, to the point where it was so smoky that I had to walk off of my porch to kind of see through the smoke who was out there. I'm like, is this kids? Are these heroin addicts now have fireworks? Oh, no. Who let the heroin addicts get the fireworks, man? Oh, no. Good morning to you. Welcome back. Good morning to you and uh, welcome back. This is the Nathan Ivy Show. <laughs> that is crazy. Listen, my favorite part of the show, if you are listening for the first time, are the greetings in the morning. And I love the shout out to folks who entered the chop shop first. This morning, Carolyn. How you doing, Carolyn? Good morning. Hope you had a great uh, Independence Day. How you doing, Edward? Although conscious people, we don't have no, you can't support Independence Day. Anybody know someone like that, like in their family or something like that? It's like, nigga, get out of here, man. I got a day off. Now, maybe I can read or something, elevate my consciousness, but I, damn it, I'm taking this holiday. And they're paying me for this? Please, sit your ass down. <laughs> what the hell is he talking about? Good morning, Angela. Good to see you. Good morning. Good morning, Kiki. She writes, good morning, Mr. Ivy. I'm here. And I did receive your voicemail. I will play it on the show. Uh, Deborah writes, uh, good morning. Uh, Miss D writes, greetings. Uh, Casey writes, good morning, team NI and the Chop Shop. Missed you guys yesterday, absolutely. Uh, We took the day off here at the Nathan Ivy Show, if you want to call it that. Not really. I'm still inside the lab uh, doing what I do, uh, making sure I'm sharp. And also looking forward, actually, in the near future. Uh, But there was no live show yesterday, okay? I'm here with you this morning and throughout the week. Angela writes, um, uh, she says, uh, basically, she's, she enjoys being able to uh, listen to the show without her supervising, supervisor bothering her. He's on vacation. Well, props to the supervisor being on vacation, bothering you while you're trying to check out the Nathan Ivy show, man. Doesn't he know I need all my listeners, all of them? Uh, let me know if you, put a, you need me to put a curse on him, Angela, because I will. I do have curse abilities. I've been blessed by the talk radio gods. And I'm waiting to try it out. Kevin Durant just pulled a punk move, didn't he? Did he just punk out or what? And pump your brakes. Pump your brakes, man. Before people start saying, well, that's the same thing LeBron James did. It is not. It is not. Well, there's some elements, at least one element that's similar. Okay, there's a couple of things that are similar. But... 
there's one thing that is completely different about the move that Kevin Durant just made. If you haven't heard, Kevin Durant's like one of the best basketball players in the entire National Basketball Association, NBA moving forward. And everybody wanted to know whether he was going to split, stay with the Oklahoma City Thunder and be the other half of the dynamic duo between himself and Russell Westbrook. And it was a big thing. He didn't go out like LeBron. Those athletes have learned. Don't you don't don't, don't try to turn this spectacle into something that's going to benefit children because we're not going to have it. Remember last time LeBron said, listen, any of the advertisement dollars and proceeds or money that comes this way, he gave it to the Boys and Girls Club down in Florida. That was huge. That was overlooked. And Kevin Durant was up 3-1 in this year's Western Conference Final to the Golden State Warriors. And the Golden State Warriors came back from a 3-1 deficit and sent Kevin Durant home. Kevin Durant, uh, via Twitter, again, Twitter is a, it's just like talking to their agent, okay, in, most, in some cases. Uh, via Twitter announced to the world that he was uh, going to Golden State. Er, wait a minute. What kind of damn competitor are you, man? That's not a competitor. Wait, 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 wait. So you get beat by this team. They come from behind. You had them. You were 48 minutes away from going to the NBA championship and representing the Western Conference and facing the Cleveland Cavaliers, who I think would have beat them. No no matter who got there, I think that LeBron and his team would have won. And so now you're going to leave that team and go hook up with Steph Curry. Think about this. This is obscene, man. For NBA fans, you know what I'm talking about. This is obscene. What kind of basketball team is this? Everybody can shoot well. You got Draymond Green. We'll start at the bottom of the well in terms of shooting. Draymond Green, he put up 30-something points, 30-plus points in Game 7 of the NBA Finals. He's a baller. You know what I'm saying? Then you got, well, let's say, let's take this one. You got Klay Thompson, one half of the Splash Brothers, a.k.a. the Beige Brothers. Uh, He's been blessed by gods and genetics. And he was also uh, this uh, past season's reigning uh, three-point shooting contest champion. Yeah. Next, uh, you got Kevin Durant, who, you go back three years ago, guess what? He was the MVP. You remember that tearful acceptance speech when he gave it all the props to his mama? Remember that? Where's your daddy at, Kevin? No props to daddy. He gave all props to mama. Said, basically, you deserve this award as well. That's touching. That was emotional. That was beautiful, right? And, okay, blessed. The guy's like, I don't know what he is, because sometimes they say 6'7", six, six, I'm sorry, 6'9", sometimes he's 7 feet. I don't know. He's tall. He's really, really tall. He's got really, really long arms. And the man's got a beautiful jump shot. One of the best offensive players in all of the NBA. And then you got the reigning two-time MVP who's dropping dimes. Dropping dimes. He should be in that commercial with Kevin Love and uh, Damian Lillard. Dropping dimes, dropping dimes. I mean, this is amazing. And that's where it's different from LeBron. LeBron didn't go to Boston. He didn't didn't get beat by uh, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and Jesus Shuttlesworth and Rajon Rondo, his little weird-looking self. Looks like a little alien. That boy can ball, though. A little weird-looking Rajon Rondo. And no, he didn't do that. 
He said, no, we gonna, I'm reloaded. He reloaded and came back until he finally got past him. He went to Miami for reasons that are very similar to Kevin Durant's re, re, uh, uh, decision to leave OKC and Golden State. And that is to get the chip, as people call it, Stephen A. and others in the media, to get that ring. And you know what? It, it's almost as if, you know, people in the media will criticize Kevin Durant. I've got no issue either way. It makes no difference to me. Like I said, for right now, I'm a Cavs fan, and I don't care what team you put out there, you still got to play the game. I'm skeptical. Show me. It looks good. It looks good right now, but until it's actually up and running and they're winning games and winning championships and I can see them in crunch time, it don't matter. It's just more competition. That's a competitor talking. Okay, and if you're LeBron James or whatever, number one, you didn't mess up my vacation. I saw the images of LeBron. Damn, they're they having a gang of fun. You got LeBron and his wife, and you got D-Wade and his wife, the beautiful Gabrielle Union. And then you got CP3, Chris Paul, and his wife, and they're on a yacht in Ibiza, chilling, laughing, eating, other things that end with ing. Okay, we grow. We grow. Yeah, I took it down. We can do that. We can do that. We grown. Okay, but I disguised it. So maybe the kids don't all, all the way understand if their kids are listening. Okay, good morning. Currently 720 a.m. in the Queen City. This is the Nathan Ivy. So that's me. Yeah, Queen City, Cincinnati, broadcasting live from the city of Cincinnati. And tell a friend about the show. So uh, that's where it's similar. You know, the sport, the media pushes these guys to be desperate. Because no matter how good they are, nobody wants to be the next Charles Barkley. Nobody wants to be that great dude. He was great for 15 years. He was an all-star. He was a perennial all-star, maybe even MVP, but he never got a ring. And that's what you're judged at on a certain level. The other thing about it is to the victor goes the spoils in American culture, meaning that if you're winning, man, listen, if you're winning in sports culture in terms of your winning championships, the way that's the lofty position that the media and others have put these sports championships in, because I'm not really convinced of how much it really matters. Here's another question for you this morning. What will be the economic impact to Ohio that the Cleveland Cavaliers are now the reigning NBA champions? Because I ain't felt that ripple effect yet. Have you? How long does it take the economic ripple effect to emanate from Cleveland and come all the way down here to Southwest Ohio to Cincinnati? Will there be a ripple effect? I mean, outside of Dan Gilbert charging everybody more for T-shirts and hats and seats and cheap hot dogs next year, what's the real impact going to be to Ohio? Okay, we will observe and analyze over the weeks and months to come because that's something that matters. Because here's my point. If nobody outside of a a few are getting paid when your hometown or, uh, you know, the professional team in your state wins a championship, then who the hell hell cares? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Straight up. Then why should I care? If it's not putting more people to work in jobs that they actually want to perform that are meaningful and give them a livable, livable, competitive wage – what difference do it make? Hurrah, hurrah, okay? It's number sports. So that's where it's similar, okay? LeBron's move, he was trying to get a win, a, a ring, period. Kevin's move, he's trying to get a ring, period. But this Kevin Durant move is super weak and soft and fluffy in the middle, man. Kind of competitor is that? Or you tell me, are there any NBA, fan, NBA fans in the house? 
Any NBA fans in the house? Again, uh, 7.23 a.m. in the Queen City. My name is Nathan Ivey. Carolyn Rice, there should be a cutoff for fireworks. There probably is. But these dudes out here ain't recognizing that. Nate Ivey, live, local, and vocal. The show continues right after this. When you were a little kid and you thought about what you wanted to be, teaching was at the top of your list. But things changed. And as you got older, teaching didn't seem like the best option anymore. So you're thinking you'll be something else. But what would your 12-year-old self say? Now you want to be a doctor. You don't think teachers save lives? 25 at a time. An actress? Try playing a different role every time the bell rings. How about a scientist? Ever heard of physics? Chemistry? Who do you think teaches that? Teachers today are breaking down obstacles, finding innovative ways to instill old lessons, and taking learning far beyond the four walls of the classroom. It's time to recognize that great things are happening in teaching and put it back on your list. Don't try to convince yourself otherwise. You had it right the first time. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by feedthepig.org. Well, I finally did it. I opened a 401k. So you're giving up. Just like that. Giving up on what? I'm getting an inheritance from a distant relative. Don't you think if there were a billionaire in the family, we'd know about it by now? Listen to me. We are one phone call away from riding horses on our own private polo grounds. One call from christening yachts, having a butler, using summer as a verb. How do you figure? Look, everyone's got a rich uncle somewhere. It's statistics. So the best thing you can do is just prepare for the inevitable. Right. Which is why I thought maybe it would be smart to take control of my finances. You know, start using a budget, get out of debt, set some retirement goals. Budgets? debt you watch your mouth retirement shouldn't be a goal for us it should be a way of life when it comes to financial stability don't get left behind get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org this message brought to you by the american institute of cpas and the ad council now back to the show morning and welcome back everyone yeah i like it too good morning welcome back and uh, let's get into it shall we let's get into it shall we many things to discuss nathan ivy with you here is the front page anybody pick up the sunday edition of the cincinnati inquirer I don't have a problem against purchasing. If you're listening from outside the Cincinnati area, I'm here to tell you there are many, many people inside the Cincinnati area who have sworn to me that they will never purchase a Cincinnati Inquirer. Why? Because they believe that the editorial board, the reporting is biased. Now, I, for one, believe that some things should always and forever remain old school. And one of those things is uh, the way that we consume our news. I'm a big believer in that. I really am. And there's something about holding a newspaper and touching it. There's something about, well, the printed word, the written word. There's something about it that is more reliable to me, you know. I don't know. It's a, it just seems it seems like on a very, very ancient level that it's right, okay? Touching paper, reading off the parchment. You know, human beings have been doing that since the beginning of time, okay? Since the beginning of written words. 
So I, I do from time to time financially support the Cincinnati Inquirer. I must be honest with you. Part of that is being in the media. So I'm in a grocery store over the weekend. I look over, it's Sunday. I look over, boom. And what do I see? I see a story. Here's the headline. What really went on? Question mark. The varying accounts surrounding details of a June 2015 payment to MSD contractor Sam Malone raise new questions. They're back on this Sam Malone-ish again. They're back on this Sam Malone-ish. So you're telling me black people are the face of the wasteful spending, if not fraud? I'm here to tell you that there's investigations going on. And Hamilton County Prosecutor Joe Dieters, who we all know, he loves to make examples of individuals. He has said that he's going to wait to see, you know, to the inclusion of the, the ongoing investigations to decide as to whether he's going to investigate and there might be some charges. What? What? This is nuts. Is this really this serious? And at the issue here is that Sam Malone was a contractor with MSD. That's what the issue is. This, 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 I read through the entire thing, and I'm trying to figure out what's the big deal here. I don't understand it. If no laws were broken, why is this a big deal? Is this just the inquirer and the fine folks over there reaching, trying to sell papers? I mean, hey, this a bit. It's a, I wonder what neighborhoods in which they have their highest circulation. That would say a lot. Uh, does Cincinnati have an appetite for bringing a Negro down? <laughs> Come on now. So one guy got some money. So Sam Malone made some money. And what's the crime in that? And it, the, the implication is a very, it's not so subtle. The implication is, number one, this black man made a lot of money in a short time frame, and he probably didn't do a lot for it. That's number one. And somehow there's some contempt about that. I don't know why. There's some contempt. You know, maybe they're trading off the contempt about seeing a brother, you know, come up or make money. Um, it's hard to do a Vulcan mind mail with people uh, who think so radically different than myself from time to time. It's hard to understand that. I don't really care. In fact, I, t- I do care. I'm happy for Sam. And, uh, you know, provided everything was done on the up and up. But what's been, what's been reported is that apparently there was some issue about the last payment or payments that are due, that were due to Sam alone. And somebody uh, from the, who works for the city have said basically that they felt threatened or pressured into rushing through a payment for Sam alone. And there's even allegations that, as I said, that at least one person that would be the assistant city manager that he made a threatening phone call to Brickler and Eckler, basically saying, if you don't get this payment process, then no more MSD contracts for you. Okay. Is that illegal? Is that illegal? I mean, if it's not illegal, is it unethical? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's hard to ascertain. I mean, what what's the current system in place? And then somehow now they're trying to bring in a current member of city council. That will be Charlie Winburn. I mean, damn, Charlie, 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 Charlie. Uh, uh, uh. 
I've heard so many different things about Charlie Winburn. Um, a lot of which I'm not going to share with you on the air. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. And whenever I see Mr. Charlie Winburn, he always says nice things about me, and that's a really good thing. It really is. And here's a guy, black Republican, who's been doing the good work for the local Republican Party, and look how they treat him after all of that. Gets played for some uh, some other positions that he may have wanted because he's going to be term limited out. That's right, no more Charlie Wimber. And after next year, he'll be done. And, you know, now you got the local media trying to pull you into this. And what's the tie that binds? I mean, did Charlie Wimburn do something illegal? No. It looks like he might have inquired as to whether the city had processed and sent the payment to Sam alone. That's the controversy. Are you kidding me? All the issues that are percolating right now, that's the big MSD controversy. I mean, ah, that's a little thin to me. And there's so many questions about how Sam Malone got this situation for himself. So many questions. And there's so many people. I mean, they even asked the mayor. There's a Listen, if you haven't gotten the Cincinnati Inquirer on Sunday, at least read if you get a chance to. Here's a quote from the mayor. I didn't know anything about the closeout payment to Sam. So he's telling you unequivocally, don't even look at my office. I'm the damn mayor. Why would somebody call me and inform me about one check that's being processed? That doesn't make any sense. Quentin Lynn Smith from Brickler and Eckler. Uh, here's a quote from him attributed to him in the local media. This wasn't ordinary. We were asked to advance $55,000 of firm funds. If it was ordinary, no one would be here. Okay. What are you saying? So am I to believe that firms uh, with a nature such as Brickler and Eckler never advance funds? I'm sure there's a whole lot of things that go on. City manager. What I stated to Mr. And I'm not sure how you uh, pronounce. Is it John Jush? Eh, it'll come to me. Uh, I, what I stated was get it taken care of. Handle it. Do what needs to be done to close this out. Wow. So the city manager said, do what you got to do. City manager says, do what you got to do to close it all out. So if you're the assistant city manager and you're going back and forth with this firm, okay, and you're trying to figure out why they won't release these damn funds, and you've got a contract over here who's waiting for this funds, invoice already been processed. Okay, and then you go talk to your boss or your supervisor and he tells you and I'm quoting here. This is what's attributed to the city manager. uh, Get it taken care of. Handle it. Do what needs to be done to close it out. That sounds like to me, do what you need to do to close it out. I mean, if you got to do something a little bit, I won't call it radical, but if you got to exert some pressure to get it done, get it done. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Right. That's what it sounds like to me. Uh, what do you think about the current state of the MSD investigation? Uh, I find it very, very interesting what's been going on. MSD Director of Government Affairs, Gina Marsh. Uh, here's a quote attributed to her. Um, Mr. Blockler told me uh, the, the manager has said Brickler needed to be paid within 48 hours. Assistant City Solicitor Luke Bloker 
or blocker. He writes, Miss Marsh and I were merely messengers that this decision had been made. Everybody's protecting their own assets. Everybody. The assistant city solicitor says myself and the director for governmental affairs with MSD, we were just the messengers. Okay. Get that straight. (laughs) I didn't start this chain email. I didn't start this. It was on them. It was on them. So that's the front page of the Sunday edition of the Cincinnati Inquirer. That's front page newsworthy. I turn in and they got more. I mean, it just it just goes on and on and on. Why lowly sewers have become high drama. Well, I know why. It's because local media is making a high drama. Uh, what's so unusual about Malone's contract? How did Sam Malone get his contract with MSD? What work did Malone do? <laughs> what? These are the bullet points. Why did Malone lose his contract? Well, maybe he didn't lose the contract. Maybe the work had ended. I don't know. This is this is the drama? Oh, I don't know, folks. I mean, if this is the bottom of the MSD investigation, well, there's got to be more to it than just this. I mean, we're talking about a $55,000 check, maybe a $300,000 over the life of the entire contract deal. That's it. But I thought there were tens of millions of dollars, maybe if not hundreds of millions of dollars that have been spent and that was at stake or what was the issue. Okay, so we got the Sam Malone thing. There's not a whole lot there. It sounds to me like, and I'm just piecing together from what I got in the media, and again, consider the source. But it sounds to me like uh, it got to the city manager's desk and he said, handle it. Do what you got to do, man. And then maybe the assistant city manager said, you know what? Let me put 48 hours on this and get it capped and get it done. That gives you enough time to do whatever you need to do. Okay, Brickler and Eckler, get it done. Does it matter if the city said, listen, if you're not going to do this for us, if you're not going to cut this check to our satisfaction, then perhaps we won't do business with you at all. Is it wrong? Is that unusual for a city to do? You tell me. Uh, You tell me. Uh, But let me go to your chat here. Jericho writes, good morning, family. Back to our regularly scheduled programs. Hashtag, I hate fireworks. I I don't hate the fireworks. I hate the people that play with the fireworks. That's who I hate. They're damn children. Uh, I, I won't go back into what happened to me last night. Damn, 1030, somebody's waking me up playing with fireworks i go outside it's a grown man in the middle of the street y'all surrounded by kids who are dancing around him like 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 i don't know like he was the pied piper of fireworks it was amazing uh mike writes a uh, good morning kd is straight bandwagon how do you go to a team with back-to-back mvps who won the chip last year. We, KD, I agree. Good morning, uh, everybody. Good morning, Jerrica. She writes, good morning, family. Yeah, I wrote that already. I read it already. Tonika writes, good morning, y'all. Good morning, Tonika. Uh-oh, she changed the picture up. I remember everything. Changed it up. Uh, Deborah writes, I agree with Carolyn. Fireworks went out until, went on until well after midnight. Yeah, it did. And it was people who was like 12, 15, 12, 30 was the last little crack and pop and whistle that I heard. And I'm like, these damn kids, I bet it's somebody, some grown man like, 
No, no, let me hit this last one, right? Just one more. Grow up, man. Truth writes, good morning, good morning, good morning. Brown skin in the house. Absolutely. Derek writes, top of the morning to the great people of the chop shop. Absolutely. Derek writes, good morning, great people. Yeah, Durant punked out, but he had to do what he had to do. He want that ring. I get it, but Golden State Warriors let their role players leave, so how much of an impact will Durant bring? We will see. We will see. That's right. They let go of Bogut and uh, the guy who I was just so happy for, uh, happy about, should I say, that'd be Harrison Barnes. He got 90 mil. Man, looking at these contracts they're giving out in the NBA, I'm thinking, how much can a brother such as myself get as a, for a 10-day contract? I mean, any of this money trickle down to like the equipment staff and stuff? Because if it does, let me get an equipment job for a little while. I mean, is it just the players? I mean, are the coaches getting some of this this salary love? This TV money love? Deborah writes, an ER doctor at Christ said a man lost his arm in a fire and in a fireworks injury, right? Lost his arm in a fireworks uh, accident. Well, good riddance to his finger or his arm. So what? I mean, sucks for him, but hey. I didn't lose my arm to fireworks last night. You know why? I'm looking at my left arm. I'm looking at my right arm. I'm even rubbing my hands together. Hear that? Mm, right? You know why I didn't lose it last night? Because I wasn't out there playing with fireworks. <laughs> I have no remorse whatsoever. Now, the only remorse that I do have, I'll say this, is for children. Because many times you got adults who are putting children in harm's way uh, by what they do and sometimes by what they don't do. Rashida writes, good morning, me and the family listening on our way back from ATL. Oh, in the car, huh? Okay, well, I wish you and the fam a, a safe trick trip, uh, Rashida. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. Deborah writes, man lost his hand doing fireworks. He didn't need that hand in. God said, give me that back. Keller writes, no, Nate, you're right. It was like, what the F? Hashtag no ref. <laughs> Tracy writes, 1030. How about 1230? Yeah, 1230? Junior, the truth writes, good morning, family. Let's get it in. Absolutely. Well, ba- welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, Tiffany writes, uh, I saw neighbors holding fireworks and not pointing them down the straight and not pointing them down the straight, but right in the direction of the houses across the street. Really? People, fireworks should not be used until night. What is the use of selling them off in broad daylight? This drives me crazy. Man, people would do all the craziest things. Like I told you, dude was in the street close to my car, y'all. I can't go out like that. And I got to go tell the wife, yeah, somebody was out there with uh, uh, some fireworks next to our car. Uh, Did you say anything? Did you do anything? I didn't say anything. I went out. I couldn't see. I went off the porch, went to the edge of the the lawn, got a good clear view and realized it was a grown man out there. I just, I might even just shook my head. Jane writes a good morning, Nathan, in the chop shop. Good morning. Good morning, Brittany. <laughs> Ed writes, LOL, Nate, are you like the guy in the movie Fridays with the bathrobe, ice cube neighbor, LOL, shaking my head? I might be. I might be. <laughs> oh, my God. Good morning to you, Brent. Good to see you. Uh, Pat writes, late, but I'm here. Glad to have you. Um, Tanika and other trading uh, pleasantries. Ronda Rice, good morning. Come on, Rice. 10-day contract is about 30000 33000 for a rookie. Sign me up, Nate. Sign 33? Yeah, well, you know, yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, it's a 10-day contract. So for 33, yeah, I might be able to do that. 
Listen, sit tight. Coming right back with you. Nathan Ivey, live, local, and vocal. I want to continue the conversation about the way the media is investigating the Metropolitan Sewer District uh, investigation. To this point, all I see are the implications of all people who seem to be black. I've heard about Smitherman's family. His son might have gotten some kind of lofty position or placement in a program. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm hearing all this stuff about Winburn. Did he get a call? Did he make a call? I don't think it really makes a difference whether Winburn made a call. I mean, think about it. Sam Malone and Charlie Winburn are close. Okay. Okay. So, you know, you're doing work with MSD and the check is coming late. So you call your buddy who's a member of city council and you say, Hey, look, can you just check upon this check for me? Is that unethical? I don't know if, if that's what some kind of violation of city council rules, which I've never heard of before, then please tell me. Let's say that Winburn just in passing, you know, he's walking down the hallway of city hall one day and he walks past the assistant solicitor and assistant city manager. And so he mentions it. Is that wrong? I, I I don't know. I've never heard that before. Because if not, what difference does it make whether Charlie Winburn made an inquiry about the status of a check? Makes no difference to me. People do that all the time. People do it all the time, y'all. Where is my check, woman? You said it was going to be here on Friday. Okay, you got me all excited. It's going to be a great weekend. My check ain't here. People do that all the time. So I don't understand what the problem is. And then what exactly did Sam Malone do wrong? Okay, so Sam Malone put himself in a position through whatever means. Let's say he's got some contacts with MSD or some contacts within the city. Okay, so he put himself in a position so he could be a consultant for the Metropolitan Sewer District. And where's the crime in that? I mean, you know, is this just like some anti-black man making some money type of stuff that's going on here? Because that's what it feels like. Frankly, I'm happy for the guy. And at the same time, I don't care. It's not my money. It's his money. He worked for that. He put himself in that position. So I don't really understand what the problem is. And, oh, it was such an unusual type of contract that he had. I bet you it's not that really unusual. I bet those kind of things are happening all the time, all the time in a lot of different places. The only difference is we're talking about black folks. That's what I see so far. The former, and again, he was a director at the time in which all this was happening with Sam Malone. And matter of fact, if you believe what the media is reporting, he was signing off on the checks, the invoices. But that's what directors do. That's what they do. And, of course, his name is Tony Parrott, and he is no longer the director of the Metropolitan Sewer District. He's now uh, somewhere else safe, uh, moved on with his life. But he's a brother, African-American. Sam Malone, African-American. Wimber, African-American. What the hell? You tell me. What is going on? Nathan Ivey with you, broadcasting live from the city of Cincinnati. Back with more. There's one thing you can never have sex without. It's not something you buy. Or something you take. In fact, there's only one way to get it. It has to be given to you, freely. It's consent. Because sex without it isn't sex. It's rape. Consent. 
If you don't get it, you don't get it. It's on us to stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. Feedthepig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to ditch the car and start rollerblading to work. I look ridiculous. You look ridiculous! You don't need to start foraging wild berries. I was skeptical, but these are actually pretty good. You don't need to sell your organs on the black market. Lie back. This is going to hurt. Yeah, that hurts. You don't need to rent out your apartment to drifters. I made a fire with the wood in your bedroom. That's my dresser! And your closet door. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell all your belongings and live in a commune. These dungarees belong to all of us now, Tom. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Now back to the show. I have to make this point. I got got to make this point. I can't let this go past me. The first promo that I played for you is about sexual awareness. It's an issue I think is very, very important. Nobody deserves to be brutalized. No one deserves to be a victim. No means no. But I do take some issue. I think they made a blunder in that. I think that the catchphrase that they were trying to make popular is that if you don't get it in terms of consent, then you don't get it. And I think therein lies their problem is because on one hand, while you were trying to raise awareness about um, the victimization of so many people who fall prey to sexual assaults, you're also objectifying sex in of itself. If you don't get it, then you don't get it. If you don't get it as in, in terms of consent, then you, don't, and then you don't get it in terms of sex. And I think that objectifying sexuality on some levels is a part of the issue. <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's just how my brain is hearing it this morning. And I've heard, of course, many times that we played it here on the Nathan Ivy show. But it's the first time that I kind of listened to it and thought that. I don't know. Do you agree or disagree? I just could be off on a tangent. It happens. Good morning. Welcome back. Currently uh, 749 a.m. in the Queen City as we broadcast live. The Nathan Ivy Show brought to you by the good folks at Superlative Media. They do great work. Uh, There was a recent poll. I got to tell you this because I think it's very important. And it brings out so many hypocrisy. But there was a recent poll. It was a survey of 1,000 Ohioans. It was jointly conducted for the Ohio Media Project and the Inquirer. And it found something very, very interesting. What it found is that 18% of those who claimed that no religion, um, you know, cited as their major concern issue um, related that poverty and inequality were the big issue. And I'm not really sure if I jumbled that or not. I don't want to confuse you, but essentially what they found out is for people who did not identify as being very overtly Christian or religious, should I say, what they found is those individuals over the majority of those individuals found issues of poverty and inequality as being paramount in the state of Ohio. Conversely, those who self-identified identified as being religious uh, and or Christian, 
those individuals, they did not. And so some people are trying to make an issue of it, kind of like, well, how, how is it that religious people, when asked what are the number one issues, they don't see poverty and inequality as number one? Isn't that hypocritical of religious folks? That's one way of reading it. The other way of reading it is that a lot of these people are very conservative. And these conservatives read things differently. Like, if you ask a conservative a question, many of them are going to look at it from what the perspective of what they think the government should be doing. So, for instance, they may take a question about, you know, what are their top issues as what are the top issues that they think the government should address? And it's very, very interesting. I mean, I've often called out Christians and folks like that because when it comes to abortion, you have a lot of them that will try to convince a woman that, you know, she should never have an abortion, that in their opinion, it is tantamount to murder or that in their opinion, you know, is going to be a sin or whatever their opinion is. OK, but my issue has always been those same individuals who are anti-abortion are also anti-welfare. And in a society where there are such huge gaps, you know, between the haves and the have nots, right, in a world, in a country, should I say, in which you have these incredible gaps of wealth and average income, uh, in that world, it's awfully unfair for these people to moralize to you on one hand, okay, don't believe in abortion, don't have an abortion, it's not an option to you. However, when the child is born, they're anti the social safety net that it takes to back up those kind of, uh, you know, personal feelings. You know what I'm saying? I, I, you can't have it both ways. If it's about the child, then so is welfare. Like for me, I look at welfare as about families and kids. When I think about welfare, I don't think about like some welfare queen who is just having baby after baby after baby spending, you know, 20 years plus on the system. I don't think about that. With a boyfriend living with her who's serving fiends on the side in the parking lot. You know, all that kind of stuff. I don't think about that. What I think about is those programs are touching children. They're, they're, they're providing sustenance to babies. That's what I think of. But that's very, very interesting. So if, if this, in fact, as some people see it, is true. Uh, Many Ohio Christians are split over the poverty issue. And that's because a lot of Christians are so caught up with the the politics of persecution. The politics of persecution, like the Republican Party is really good uh, at, at staging themselves and positioning themselves as being persecuted upon. So, for instance, on one hand, we see this a lot is it's the liberal media. Oh, the damn liberal media. They won't let conservative viewpoints out there. And when they do talk about conservatives, they always lie about them. Oh, it's the liberal media. It's the politics of persecution that somehow the only sanctuary of common sense in the world of news is Fox News, because everywhere else your viewpoint is going to be oppressed. (laughs) But it works and people believe it. Yeah, the politics of persecution as it relates to these Republicans. Uh, Remember the woman uh, down in uh, uh, Kentucky who decided that even though it was her job to sign marriage certificates, that because of her personal religious viewpoints, which she brought to the, the, the job, she brought to the workplace and projected all of her job responsibilities. And staged a one-woman protest, even spent some time in J-A-I-L, jail, 
because of her religious position, she was being persecuted, right? She was forced to do something with her job that might put her at odds with God, with God, right? This is crazy. And I mean, all over, you got these people playing this game, the politics of persecution. You know, Christians are so caught up with themselves. You know, that that's why the, the poll is split. It's split because half the Christians are running around talking about how they're being persecuted. I can't I can't exercise my religious beliefs because gays are getting married or some other nonsense. Uh, get a great Christian community. We need you. We need you. But we don't need you to tell women what to do with their body or their fetus or whatever you want to call it with their lifestyle. Uh, Mike writes, typical Cincinnati Inquirer with their practice of white supremacy. Same thing with Tracy Hunter. The Sam Malone and Liz Rogers incidents helped foster the wealthy the wealth inequality by race that plagues this region and in, in, in country. Well, there certainly are some similarities here. I mean, Tracy Hunter, I thought that that situation could have been investigated a lot better by local news. I think they took a very biased viewpoint uh, when it came to Tracy Hunter in that they didn't properly investigate the claims and the charges against her. And I mean, investigated with the same critical eye, skepticism, insight, and wit as we've seen, if you want to call it that, as we've seen the Cincinnati editorial board do on so many other issues. I mean, damn it, they spent more time investigating a $55,000 check than they did the claims and or the veracity of the claims of the former Bush administration when he led this country into war, folks. And Liz Rogers, for folks who don't live in a city, well, in the city of Cincinnati, it's the same type of redevelopment and reconstruction that's happening in a lot of places where you've got people now who are being drawn back to the center city, okay? And that's what it's all about. They want to make that an economic base and set it up in a sense that you got a lot of foot traffic. you got people that live and work and play downtown. And if they don't live downtown, then they've got a lot of accessibility with multiple lines of mass transit. I get it. And then also multiple venues for entertainment. Have you been downtown, Main Street? You know, all that? listen, downtown Cincinnati has made a tremendous turnaround. A tremendous turnaround. You go down there on a Saturday night or so, where the something is really, really popping and the weather's great, people are downtown walking around, eating, drinking, uh, flirting, and all the other things that go with it. Okay, I get it. I understand it. So between our downtown and our riverfront in the city of Cincinnati is a place called the Banks. Imagine it. Um, you got the... Paul Brown Stadium, and you also get the Great American Ball Park. That's where the Bengals and the Cincinnati Reds play, respectively. Okay, you got two stadiums. And in between those two stadiums, you got like, I don't know how much land is between there. But you got some shops, uh, some breweries, uh, some places to eat. And one of the one of the first, the first uh, black-owned business was a place that was owned uh, by a black woman named Liz Rogers, and it was named Mahogany's. And they did soul food. And listen, I I don't have enough time to go through all the details, but that was a damn sad time in Cincinnati. You had members of city council who at the time, Christopher Smitherman, who at the time was also the president of the NAACP. And what does that stand for? The National Association for the Advancement of Colored People? 
but he didn't want to see this colored woman advance. Or he thought the deal was bad. Thought it was a bad deal. And he spent a lot of time in the media talking about it. A lot of time in the media talking about it. I believe he helped to poison the atmosphere against the success of that business, in my opinion. In my opinion, pardon me. That's my opinion. You might disagree. It don't matter. That's my opinion. Okay? Because there was so much chatter that was negative. I mean, you even had people like, you know, my homegirl, Kathy Wilson, who I still call her out for this. The piece she wrote about about Mahogany's, the piece that she wrote about Mahogany's and Liz Rogers was a straight-up hatchet piece. And, you know, it, it quite honestly was beneath whatever integrity she had built up, in my opinion. How do you review a restaurant and you've never gone to the restaurant? Never gone to the restaurant. But I guess that's her style now. I mean, she wrote a piece about me and uh, Jerry Tolliver. You know, after our time or at, at my former job ended, and she never contacted me and asked me, "Okay, Nate, let me give you a let me let me get a quote." People don't do that anymore, I guess. You don't do quotes. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous, man. I'm telling you, we live in the last days of common sense. That's journalism now. Got my name wrong? Everything. Oh, man. Woody writes a good morning, Chop Shop family. Hope you have all your fingers from last night. LOL. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Got all of mine. Hands, hands, shoulders, knees, and toes, too. I got it all. Because I don't play with fireworks. I don't play with, well, I've seen it. I did when I was a kid. I shot the bottle rockets. I threw firecrackers. I mean, I can't even remember how many times, you know, we used to find fire rock, firecrackers and blow stuff up. They do it all the time. Oh, we pack all our fireworkers and make a little small bomb. You know, you can do that with fireworks. You just take the whole pack and you let it all at once. Simple. You got a small bomb. I did all of that. So maybe I grew out of it. You, you tell me. Uh, Lakeisha writes, uh, Lakeisha, yeah, Lakeisha writes, uh, good morning. Good morning, Lakeisha. Gwenda, good to see you. Good morning, Nathan and team and I. Good to have you. Good to see everyone. And I, I just kind of feel like, uh, I just kind of feel like at the end of the end of the day, from what I'm reading, no one's going to jail. There was no law that was broken. So what justifies the amount of media coverage that the Cincinnati Inquirer is giving to this whole angle with Sam Malone? It's, you're there. You, you hit the bottom of the well. There's not much there. Let me move on, good people. Let me move on. I want to get to more matters. I want to give you updates. And these are interesting times that we live in. Very interesting times. And let me slow things down just a little bit. Good morning. Currently 8.02 a.m. in the Queen City. Nathan Ivy with you. This is the Nathan Ivy Show. I'm online now. And I'm enjoying it, quite honestly. But check this out. How does this hit you? If you live in the city of Cincinnati, yes, I'm talking about local issues. But there are themes within those issues that will touch you wherever you are uh, throughout the globe. And thank you for listening. Former UC officer Ray Tensing's defense is going to use the body cam video during trial. And I think that's an excellent idea. I think that's an excellent idea. The very thing that people are saying, well, we saw the tape. We saw the tape. That very same tape 
is going to be called into question. Basically, Ray Tinsley is going to pull an O.J. Simpson. Reasonable doubt. That's all they have to raise. Reasonable doubt. Maybe he had to do what he had to do. And what did I tell you? I told you that that tape was going to be used, that it was going to be front and center. Ray Tensing is claiming that his hand was going to get caught somehow and that he had to kill that brother in order to stop the car. I've seen the video many times. There's a beginning and an ending to it. How many times have we seen officers claim, well, there was something that happened just after the end of the tape or before the tape that justified what I did on the tape? That's what Ray Tensing's going to do, I guarantee it. The very same thing that so many people are claiming is, okay, we got you dead to rights, Ray Tensing. We've got the video. If you haven't seen the video, Google it. You see an, uh, an unarmed black man, uh, Sam DuBose, is pulled over in a car. And Ray Tensing is a University of Cincinnati police officer. I will say that Ray Tensing statistically was pulling over African-Americans at a greater um, percentage rate, should I say, than he was anyone else. So what that means is that at the time in which the University of Cincinnati was employing Ray Tensing, he was a threat to African-Americans. Any African-American who dared to drive around the UC area, you you, you were a threat. And again, I talked to a brother who said he and his brother was pulled over for a little bit of nothing, for no reason whatsoever, and then intimidated by Ray Tensing a year before he killed Sam uh, DeBose. A lot of Sams this morning. Sam Malone we talked about earlier, and now Sam DeBose. But what about that? Again, court documents is being reported show that Ray Tensing's defense team plans to use the video and footage from other stops he made that day prior to the traffic stop during his trial. So are they going to show other stops that may justify or give us some indication as to his mentality, his state of mind? What if previous to pulling over Sam Malone, I'm sorry, Sam DuBose, Ray Tensing had pulled over another black man or perhaps a white motorist and had a very pleasant exchange. He had no issues whatsoever. I mean, if that's the case, then the defense is going to be able to come back and say, listen, what do you mean my, my guy's racist? Here, here's a perfectly good by-the-book traffic stop that happened within one hour of him stopping Sam DuBose. My client shot Sam DuBose reluctantly unfortunately, because his life was on the line. I mean, what if they're able to justify that? What if Hamilton County Prosecutor Joe Dieters doesn't put up the type of fight? He doesn't put up the type of case that's needed to bring this home. What happens then? Does he get his job back? We go back to normal? What what happens? That's deep. Uh, Critics are already saying that they believe that Ray Tensing is going to walk. Already saying they believe that Ray Tensing is going to walk. That trial is set uh, for October. And that's a month before the presidential elections. Will it really happen then? I don't know. Ray Tensing has been charged with murder in connection to the death of Sam DuBose last July. It was a year ago. He has pleaded not guilty in the shooting. The trial is scheduled for October 24th. So that's the end of October. 
So October 24th, what is that, 10 days before the election? Is that really going to happen? Will they push this back until after the election? We'll have to wait and see. Will this trial take place while, okay, on some level, but then nationally and even locally and regionally and statewide, we're talking about and focus on the elections? Is that some kind of subterfuge or is that a scenario in which this brother walks, Ray Tensing walks? But then everybody's preoccupied with the next election. I don't know. Maybe I'm just running too much with it. That's some old conspiracy theory-ish. I could be wrong or right about that. You tell me. Good morning to you. Welcome back to the Nathan Ivey Show. Pat writes, uh, Mount Auburn is not Clifton. Although I heard the brother which you interviewed and UDF is in Clifton. Hmm. Avery writes, morning. Dale writes, uh, Smitherman even had some NAACP members uh, patron mahogany ate and walked out on the check saying the service were poor. That was sad. Really? Now, that did happen. Well, I was told it was ha- it happened from Liz Rogers herself. She said she had a lot of black people. See, here's the thing. Everybody focuses on Smitherman, and rightly so, because he acted like a damn Gilligan doing that whole situation, in my humble opinion, as a private citizen. He could have made his point and left it alone, and he, I think, in my opinion, he could have been more sensitive to the atmosphere that his words were creating and how it might impact the fortunes of Mahogany's. Okay, so great. You got an issue on city council about whether it's a good deal or a bad deal. You you make your objections plain and then you move on to harp about it and go on about it is to create an atmosphere that I believe cost her a lot of money. A lot of people say, you know what? I love soul food. We all love soul food. But lying to yourself, white folks love them some soul food, too. I'm not really sure if that was the right spot. Because if you're leaving the Reds, then they probably fed you already. You know, they make sure you got your hot dogs and your whatever you get there and your beer. You got all of that. Okay. And when you're leaving, you may not be in a place to sit down and spend another $15 or more than that if you're with your family. You know, that, that, that's what I feel like. Maybe that was uh, maybe maybe the city planners have overestimated the impact of having an establishment that's not an overt sports bar right next to these sports venues. That's all I'm saying. But clearly, a lot of people decided, you know what? I'm just never going to go down there just to prove a point. It became political. Like, it's not about I want to see her fail. But I just don't believe in government giving money to start these businesses. It's damn near like welfare. And since I'm against welfare, I'm not going to eat in mahogany. It was crazy. Uh, Kiki writes, I must admit, every time I see a UC police car, I get a strange feeling. Well, of course you do. Of course you do. And that's completely righteous. And I think anybody feels that way whenever a police officer is behind you. Uh, you're going to feel a certain way. The first thing I think is, what the hell is these... What the, what does these mofos want? That's the first thing I always say. And sometimes I even say it out loud to myself. What in the hell? Now, what is this dude on? That's the first thing I'm thinking. Because I tr- I pride myself on being an impeccable driver. Now, I don't want to jinx myself and go out there and do something stupid this week. And if I do, don't blame me. I'm not sure who I would blame. Or even where I'm going with that. Strike that from the record. I'm just saying that when people get pulled over by police officers, they typically feel a little something. 
Brent writes, terrible spot for an eatery anyway. The banks during the winters is a no-go. He's right. That was the other thing to kill Mahogany's. It was just a placement of it. Like I said, I think there was a lot of blame to go around for the lack of success of Mahogany's at that location. And I think some of it goes to the folks who even asked her to go down there in the first place. And I believe Charlie Wimburn was a part of that. Like, I get it. It's great. You want to support black businesses. But like my man uh, Brent said, in the, in the wintertime when there are no games, when there is no Reds, before the Bengals play or after they leave, there's no reason to go down there. There's no reason to go down there. The other thing is that the Bengals don't really help them a lot because they're so far away. Like, it's not a long walk, but it's a long walk from the Bengals stadium to where Mahogany's used to be, which was right next to the Red Stadium. And I'm not really sure if you're going to make that walk and then walk back to your car. Now, if you walk over there, if you park underneath there and then walk down, okay, great. You set yourself up with a natural with a natural scenario. We're going to go right past those eateries. So why not stop in and get something to eat before we get in the car? But if not, you're not going to walk all the way down there. Like I said, you can even buy condoms on the brakes. You know, a woman can't even buy something sexy to wear. You know, man, can't even, you can't even buy a shirt on the bank. So you, you need more down there. That, that was more to it than just the poor service. And again, I heard about the poor service. I did. I even had, you know, some close personal friends who had a bad uh, experience. I will say that I think that black people are a lot harder on black people than they are anybody else. So for instance, if there are people who went to Mahogany's and maybe the service was slow or maybe you had a bad experience and never went back. I ain't going back down there. Man, I hate it when our people even get their stuff together. Okay? But they'll go to other sports places where they continue to have bad service or you have a bad experience because they got what you like. And quit lying to yourself. If you've ever eaten fast food on any kind of regular basis, you've done exactly what I've said. You've got your favorite fast food place. And it's the nature of fast food. You've gone there before and either the fries have been too cold, there hasn't been enough, the burger wasn't done to your liking or wasn't what you asked for, you were upset, you took it back, and you went back. (laughs) You went back, pardon me. And you went back. But I think when Mahogany's people politicized it, it justified it, these black folks can't do nothing. The macaroni and cheese was a little bit cold. Uh, why my piece of fish ain't like the other piece of fish? Things like that. Deborah writes, I got a carryout order from Miss Rogers restaurants once. The sad thing is I heard a restaurant in Hamilton had excellent food and lots of folks went there. Yes, they did. Uh, the wife and I had heard about it and we had planned to go out there. I don't think we did. I don't think we ever got out there, but we had a, a gang of folks told us about the spot. Woody Rice Smitherman has always played to the white folks. He is a lawn. You know, the finish. What? Uh, Mr. Smitherman's a hardworking family man who I just happen to agree, disagree with on certain issues. And I happen to take exception to that whole Liz Rogers deal. I mean, just as a black man, as a small business owner now, um, I can understand just how how painful that might be for Liz Rogers. And then you start this new business, you know, you got to support ostensibly. You get down there, you realize the deal is not what you thought it was going to be. And you need an incredible amount of support. I mean, in my opinion, I think the place was too small. 
just the limited knowledge I have about the restaurant business. And I only know that because Bar Rescue. Shout out to Don John Tapper. That's it. But I do know that there's a connection between how much money an establishment makes on a, on, a, on an hourly basis and just how many tables you have. More tables, more money. There it is. Uh, good morning, Renee. How you doing, Renee? Renee Dunn in the house. Good to see you. Good morning. Dear right, some black people are looking for the hookup from other black businesses. That's right. They always want the hookup. And I get it. Brenda writes a right, Deborah. She would have been better off staying there. She was established, could pay the rent, and could have gotten a building and expanded. Yeah. Like I said, there were some people that coaxed her. Uh, they dangled the incentives to her to start the business. And really, many black folks basically just bailed out. You know, many black folks forgot she was there, decided not to come out. Listen, I, w- I participated in a live, public... I'm not sure how you describe it, but basically it was a fundraiser that was done live on the air at Mahogany for Mahogany's. And a lot of people showed up and they either bought food or they purchased carry out or they made donations. So there were many, many members in the community that deserve, you know, props because they stood up. They stood up and try to support that black business. We always talk about black businesses, but when we get one, do you patronize it? Do you support it? Kashana Rice, excellent food and service in Hamilton. I was at one point a regular. Okay. Deborah writes a Brent. My thought, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Really sad situation. Really sad situation. But the reason why we're talking about her is because of Sam Malone. Here we go again. You got this brother making a little bit of money. Is it the amount of money that he made? Like if the last check was for $550, would this be a big deal? It would be a big deal. But because of the large sum, and I believe because of the fact that Chris, um, not Chris, but because Sam Malone is an African-American, it makes for a bigger story in this area. That's sad. I mean, I don't know if this story is increasing the circulation for the Inquirer. If it is, it's sad. It's sad as hell. Because there's really nothing to the story at all. All leads, lead, all roads if you investigate, lead to nowhere on this story. There's nothing there. Nobody did anything wrong to this point. Nobody did anything wrong. There's no real evidence. You know, Sam Malone having a unique consultancy situation with MSD, quite frankly, is nobody's business. So what? Is the Inquirer going to do an investigation into other and all unusually um, um, structured consultancy arrangements that people might have with the city or any organization that gets public money? Probably not. So why are you doing it with this one? Charlie Winburn. Okay, let's say he made a phone call and said, hey, did, did, that, process, did, did that check from Sam Malone get processed? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing illegal with that. It doesn't go anywhere. So uh, again, again, I am struggling to figure out What's the big deal here? Maybe I'm missing something. We've also been talking about the fact that Kevin Durant, I mean, is this guy sucky MC? Is that a Gilligan move? Ostensibly to me, yes, it is. Yes, it is. How do you get beaten by a team in the NBA semifinals, Western Conference finals, 
and then you come up for free agency and you leave and go to that very same team, could you imagine LeBron James losing to the Spurs? He comes up for free agency and then he joins the, the Spurs? They would have crucified LeBron James. Why is it a KD? Do you believe he's going to get uh, some kind of special circumstances? Now, just because I was interested, I turned on ESPN and I saw Stephen A. Smith go absolutely off. And he's absolutely right. It's weak what Kevin Durant just did. My brother was arguing with me yesterday. Well, what about Jesus Suttlesworth? You got all these other players that do it. Yeah, those are role players. It's different when you're a superstar, when you're the guy. It's different. What do you think? Uh, more local news here. I'm reading that Trump has announced he's going to visit the Sharonville Convention Center. Uh, brace for that. Get ready for that. It's going to be Wednesday. Uh, you can register for tickets. In fact, you must register for tickets at www.donaldjtrump.com. Let me look click on this link. Uh, okay, well, you know, I'm going to go ahead and do this right now. Let me uh, register for some tickets right now. Uh, put my phone number in there. You got to register for the tickets. I'm going to try to get two tickets. Uh, would you like to volunteer? Hmm. No, I don't want to volunteer for Donald Trump, but I would like to attend. Let me put my phone number in here. Okay. There we go. Everything's in. Um, and I'm going to submit my registration. Okay, so now I'm submitted, and it's just that simple. You can register. Oh, yeah, got the text. You can register just like that. I just did it live on the air because I like to be there. I want to be your man with eyes and ears in the room. Okay, I was not able to attend when he came close last time. When he came to this, well, he was scheduled to come to Cincinnati, the Duke Energy Convention Center. They shut that down. They canceled it because of the violence at some of his other stops. But I like to see Donald Trump from my own eyes. I like to walk within his crowd. I'd like to see the true Donald Trump believers. I would like to walk amongst the dumb people, basically. <laughs> I want to walk amongst the dumb people. Uh, to see what in the hell is going on exactly. Donald Trump. And I believe the doors are going to open at 4 p.m. And I believe everything is going to start at like 7 p.m. Uh, I do not know. Will the son of a uh, very well-known local preacher and uh, civil rights activist uh, do the opening for Donald Trump? <laughs> that will be fun. That'll be fun. Uh, Daryl writes, uh, let, let's be honest, uh, the local smaller newspaper businesses are slowly becoming obsolete and they are desperate to keep them afloat. That's all. Daryl, I agree with you. I agree with you. And Lawrence writes, why is it that typically the people at the center of these situations are never as vocal as their supporters? If it's your personal issue, you should be leading your own fight. The public shouldn't constantly fight other people's battles. Okay, you're talking about what exactly? Kiki Rice, don't forget to hit the like button. Yes, whether you're in or out of the chop shop, please hit the like button. That goes a long way. What it does for the Spreaker Network is that it's almost like, well, it's just like, I think the algorithm is very similar to Facebook. Uh, it gives me more visibility within the Spreaker Network so more people can come across the show, even if they're not listening to the show in particular. I also say to you a couple things here. 
We're coming up to 2,000 followers. That's 2,000 subscribers just on Spreaker. That means 2,000 people get a notification whenever we do something live here on the Nathan Ivey Show. And that's huge. That's huge. I really appreciate you. We're also coming up on 100,000 plays. That is huge. And I want to say thank you. And we are number two in the category of current events on Spreaker. Uh, If you don't know anything about it, you can explore it and check it for yourself. Spreaker has dozens of shows. Because of the support and popularity of this show, we rose very, very quickly and became number two under the category of current events, which means that if you ever go to Spreaker and you search for current events, this show is going to come up. Even if you're not even a listener of the show, we're going to come up. That's how it comes up. You're going to see this show uh, as a particular option. There's only one show ahead of us, and I love to pass them. And the only thing they have other than us here on the Nathan Ivey Show is they started, I can tell, from the amount of shows that they have. Pardon me on that. But they started a lot earlier than I did. They've been doing the show for years, so they've been able to amass a lot of plays. But we can catch them. Mike writes, black negativity in the news equals ratings. Thank you, Mike. That's what I'm getting at. Ed writes, first it was Nate teaming up with Nas teaming up with Jay-Z. James going to the heat. Now KD must be the money. Well, it's not the money. It's the rings. Kevin Durant is set up for life. Uh, I would say that by the time Kevin Durant ends his career, he'll have 150, if not $200 million in the bank after taxes, getting interest, uh, many business ventures. Kevin Durant's never going to have to work again in his life. If Kevin Durant wanted to get a tattoo of Mike Tyson's face with a tattoo over his face, it won't make a difference because Kevin Durant is never going to be in a position where he's going to have to walk into somebody else's office and try to sell himself for a job. He's just not going to have to do that. This is about legacy. And if you want to blame anybody for what you see, the moves that LeBron James made, I mean, LeBron had to make that move. He had to. Uh, Kevin Durant, he might feel like he had to. And I believe that everybody saw the strength that 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 James showed going through his turmoil after his big decision. And I think that gave some strength uh, to Kevin Durant and maybe some other players out there that they can do the same thing. Because when you become a ball player on the level of a Kevin Durant, the only thing that matters is rings. Other players judge you on that. The greatest of the greatest players, when they get around each other, they talk about rings, okay? The alpha male in the room is the dude that's got the most rings. That's what matters. And if Kevin Durant never wins an NBA champion, he'll never be recognized as one of the best basketball players of this era. He doesn't want to be a Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony should have left a long time ago. He didn't want to be that. And then plus, Russell Westbrook was sucking up all the energy on the basketball court. You could tell his energy, while a great player, his energy and his attitude was taken away from the tremendous talent and star that is Kevin Durant. See, sometimes you can have that. You know, sometimes you can have people that like doing an ensemble or maybe they're in a group. And it's something about that group dynamic that stifles the development of some artist, you know, some artistic people, some creative people. Okay, think about Lionel Richie after he left the group that he was in, right? 
became even bigger. It happens that way. And I think that's exactly how it is in this case with KD. KD is going to go to a better team, a team that's more concerned about moving the ball, less with ego, great shooters, NBA champions. He's going to excel. But again, my money's still on the Cavs, period. Uh, Casey writes, uh, I'm so happy to hear about the success of the Chop Shop. Casey, thank you very much. I'm very happy about it as well. Deborah writes, uh, Nate, I used to be a buyer. I would love to see the original contract and payment terms. Agreement to to Sam alone. Where are the contract administrators shaking my head? I just, my question is, and here's one question that the inquirer has not asked. And it says something about the nature of their reporting on MSD. And that is, did Sam Malone execute and deliver on the contract? Like I'm looking at it right here. It's uh, page 10A, Sunday paper, July 3rd, 2016, while lowly sewers became high drama is written by Dan Horn and Sharon Coolidge. And I think I like Sharon Coolidge more than I like Dan Horn, quite honestly. I think I've heard him on the radio, like on 700, doing shows and things like that. That's a radio station here in the city of Cincinnati. And I don't think I really care for him, but that's just me. He may not care for my flow. And that's what it is. But here's some of the bullet points. How did Sam Malone get his contract at MSD? Question mark. What work did Sam Malone do? Question mark. What's so unusual about Malone's contract? Question mark. Why did Malone lose his contract? Question mark. Did the city eventually pay? Question mark. Why did the city act? Question mark. Was the firm threatened? Question mark. Why so much urgency? Question mark. Why does Charlie Winburn's name keep coming up? That's because you keep pinging it. This is ridiculous. Charlie Winburn's name is coming up, inquirer, because you keep bringing it up. And then lastly, what happens next? Never do they ask the question. I think this is all important. Did Sam Malone faithfully execute his terms of the contract? I mean, whatever he was contracted to do, did he do it? Because if he did, what's the problem? I don't get it. I don't see it. I don't see it. Woody writes, a Curry and KD can teach each other how to blow a 3-1 lead. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's going to be a shooter's paradise. As good as... Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson have been adding someone like Kevin Durant, an equally marksman of a shooter, is only going to make all of them better. Competition brings the best out of people. Uh, it brings more out of certain people. Some people are natural born competitors. If you are a natural born competitor, when you get around other competitor, like if you a shark. When you get around other sharks, it makes you more of a shark. It brings that out of you, if you have it in you. Like, if you're a hell of a basketball player, like uh, a very dear and close of friends of my family, okay, very close, very dear. I mean, my children refer to this woman as she's an aunt. And if you know anything about me, that's not easy for me. I don't play that aunt game. I don't do that. Um, But, you know, this person has really earned that kind of trust in our family. But anyway, she has a son who, I mean, you know, like one of my own, you know, at the house on the regular, very, very close to my daughter, very near. And I mean, the young man means a lot to me. Okay. And he is a hell of a basketball player, hell of a basketball player. And I fully expect for him to go to college. And who knows, you know, 
Maybe one day he'll go to the pros. Who knows? That'd be great for him um, and his mother. His mother puts a lot of energy into his basketball playing, to the fact where they literally travel the country, and he plays in AAU. And I've gone to a few games, and, I mean, these young boys is balling. I'm telling you. As a former baller myself, I recognize game. These young boys are balling. I'm talking about the type of young men that when all, you know, it's Thanksgiving, everybody get together, you're going to play some basketball. This young boy is doing uncles out there and cousins, doing them, crossing them over. That's how dude got skills. But what I've noticed is that she puts them in positions where he's playing against other gifted players. You need that. It's the same thing with radio. If you can connect with other people in whatever your artistic de- endeavor is and y'all connect, it's competition, but it's not competition, at least for me anyway. I wish everybody well. But sometimes when you see somebody else, okay, yeah, I see that style, it makes you go a little bit harder. It's the same thing with basketball. That's what's going to happen with the Golden State Warriors. That starting five, if they gel together, if they have the right, if they check their egos, they can be tremendous. One of the best starting fives of all time. Ed writes, uh, Ed, Wade should go to Cleveland. Should he? I mean, uh, Wade? I mean, you know, we'll take him. But we need something young out there. We need something young, tall, something that can stick with Clay Thompson. That's what we need. Um, Brent writes, they are going to have a dynasty. Well, I mean, uh, here's the other thing about that. And it goes back to competition. When LeBron went to South Beach, everybody said that he had broken the league. Oh, they're going to be too good. They're going to be a super team. I never thought that. Okay? When you step, when one team steps their game up, it forces the other teams to step their game up. It's going to make everybody play better. It's going to foster more super teams. So looking at what now the Golden State Warriors have done, you can look for Russell Westbrook to make an equally big move. Why would you do anything other than that? If you're Russell Westbrook, next year you're up, you leave OKC, you go to a contender. You go to a team that's already got great pieces, and you're just another piece. That's what you do. You're going to see more of that in the NBA. And I have no problem with it, quite honestly. Because when it comes to competition, you're either going to sink or you're going to swim. Either you're going to step up to these super teams and compete with them and figure it out like LeBron James did. Because nobody thought they could beat Golden State. Nobody. And not only did they beat Golden State, they beat Golden State after being down one game to three. They had to win three straight games. And two of them were in Golden State, a team that basically set an NBA record for... Uh, during the regular season. So, listen, team, big teams are meet. You know, any Goliath is, is eventually going to meet with a David. That's what I'm telling you. If you build a Goliath, eventually that Goliath is going to meet a David. And it's going to strike him down. It's the nature of competition. And uh, I love it, quite honestly. I love it. Brent writes, uh, that won't really help Cleveland. He's too old. Might provide leadership and some guard play, but they need another forward. Yeah. They need to get younger, speaking of the Cavs, stay young, athletic, and have the kind of talent that is multifaceted. Have the kind of talent where you got guys who can do multiple things. But I don't want to bore you and go on and on with the sports talk. Um, Many things are happening. We talked about a lot this morning. Gave you an update on the Ray Tensing trial and some insights as to what his defense is going to try to put forward. 
we now know is a confirmed um, that his defense is going to use the body camera video. Uh, the video that everyone saw was released, uh, high drama by the Hamilton County prosecutor, Joe Dieters. He got mass props for that, uh, for doing his damn job. So what does that tell us? That tells us that the strongest evidence against Ray Tensing is the video. Keep that in mind, folks. The strongest evidence against Ray Tensing is the video is not the dead body of an unarmed black man. That's not evidence of anything of other than a homicide. I'll say it again. The strongest evidence that Ray Tensing unlawfully murdered and killed Sam DuBose is the video. And it's the video that Ray Tensing's defense team is going to try to use to their advantage. I guarantee they're going to claim that his hand was caught. His hand was stuck. You can't see it. It's just off the video. It happened right before. It happened just after. They're going to claim something like that. And all they have to do is build up some reasonable doubt. And here's the other thing. Can we trust Hamilton County Prosecutor Joe Dieters to create the type of imagery that is going to take to put up the kind of offense, the kind of case, right? The kind of case that might even have some spillover implications to other officers and their actions in the near future. Is he going to put up that kind of case against a man who worked in law enforcement? Does he have that kind of appetite? Is Joe Dieters willing to paint not only Ray Tensing, but is he willing to tap into that that undercurrent, that sentiment, that belief system that these cops out here are dirty on some level? I'm going to be honest with you. Is he willing to get down and dirty? Is he willing to go OJ on the cops to get Ray Tensing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Joe Dieters is willing to go that far just to get Ray Tensing. Is Joe Dieters willing to create and use and play upon the suspicions that people have about law enforcement, okay, within the trial to try to get Ray Tensing? Or is he going to go in there and do it strictly by the book? By the book, I'm going to do my case. I'm going to call my witnesses. I don't know if this Jody's voice is not. I don't know. And I'm going to do it by the book, damn it. If we get him, we get him. We don't. We gave it a good try, okay? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know know about that. I don't know about that one. Haven't put it that way. I don't know if I trust that one. Do not know if I can trust the man. But what about you? What about you? Um, Lawrence writes, uh, why isn't Steph Clay or Draymond getting any flack? For what? Losing the finals? Uh, You're right about Steph deserves a lot of flack. Draymond doesn't because two things. Well, Draymond diverse, deserves flack for getting himself ejected. It was a very s- small thing. It could have, I mean, the rest could have let that go, but they did not. And Draymond was already at the center of a controversial kicking end, uh, incident, and he should have known better. He should have known better. He should never have put himself in that position so early. Wait till next year to do that, okay? But I get it. Dude going to start step over you? I mean, hell, on the basketball court, away from the refs and the lights, that's a fight. Or at least a pushing match, shoving match, something. Something would have went down. Clay is a warrior, 
and he was pretty much consistent, kind of consistent. He was off. Well, they were both off for a few games, but he kind of showed up. Steph did not show up. Draymond had 30 points in the last game. He had 22 points by halftime. What else do you want from him? He ain't the star. He ain't the two-time MVP. Steph Curry got outplayed. And it was very, very simple. Part of it was the tremendous play of Uncle Drew. Because when you're trying to stay in front of somebody and play defense, you're moving laterally. This guy is cutting left and right, herky-jerky. And you know if he gets any daylight, he's going to finish at the rim. That takes a lot of energy out of you. And you need your energy. When you lose your energy in basketball, you lose your legs. And your legs are very important to your jump shot. And that's how it works. Very, very simple. Uh, basically, the Cavs did what everybody been saying for years and months now that people should do and how they should play against the Golden State Warriors. Props to Tyrone Lue. I guess he is that dude. Brent writes, I got money he's going to get off. Speaking of Ray Tensing, the strongest defense is the charge itself. Launch Rice, Steph is the MVP. They are superstars, too. They could have vetoed KD. Who really needs who? Uh, well, I'll tell you this much. The Golden State Warriors were not going to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like, if without Kevin Durant, if the Golden State Warriors meet up with the Cleveland Cavaliers next year and they haven't made any significant improvements, they are going to lose. They're going to lose. Cleveland has their number, and I'm going to tell you something else. Look for Cleveland to play excellent basketball next year because they need to. They need to. That team has not reached its apex. They are just sort of getting together, okay? They can be much better on offense and much better on defense, much better. Uh, What else is percolating? Uh, Let me take a look around the world real quick for you this morning. And I really appreciate you spending time with me. This is the Nathan Ivey Show. I mean, there's a lot of things that we could talk about, including the fact that over 1,000 people have signed a petition to get Jesse Williams fired from his ABC gig. That's right. Over 1,000 people say they no longer want him to be on Grey's Anatomy. That's right. All I can say is high hater. 1,000 people signed a petition. Angry fans have flooded the Grey's Anatomy social media pages in the days since Jesse Williams' speech. And many are really upset about what he had to say. You know, this has been somehow transformed into Jesse Williams as anti-white. How can he be anti-white and he's biracial? I mean, white America won't even listen to a white man. He's biracial. This is ridiculous. I mean, the man drops some ill flows about his take on the world, and that's it. But over 1,000 people no longer want him to be on Grey's Anatomy. Uh, Really quick, does anybody watch Grey's Anatomy anymore? I didn't even know it was still on. I'm sorry. That's just not my show. That's not my thing. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate you. Okay, have a great day. Have a spectacular Tuesday. And I know how it is. You know, you're dragging back to work. You've had three days off. If you took off Friday, you had Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, four days off. If you took off Thursday, you had five days off. Maybe you went out of town and had a good time, and now you're back to work. You're dragging. But good morning, and thank you for spending some time with me. Have a great day. 
This show will be made available as a podcast on my website, threedubs.nathanivey.com. The last honest place in America. Tell somebody about us. Shout out to my good friends at soulpublicradio.com. You can find a link. Their banner's on my website right now. Again, threedubs.nathanivey.com. Have a great Tuesday. Tuesday, July 5th, 2016. And we'll talk real soon. I'll be back in, uh, well, less than 24 hours. I'll give you the latest. Everything that's percolating in the city, the world, and beyond. Until next time, I'm Nathan Ivey. And I'm out, chop shop. shop.